What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Gimme Back My Horror Movies, the podcast. I'm your host, Charlie. And with me, as always, is Nate. Say hello to the people, Nate. What is going on, everyone? They can't answer you. They're listening in the future. One day they're going to answer and it's going to blow our minds. Yeah, you know, Dan, Dan's always been on his kick about trying to do this show live, and I'm like, this is about as live as I feel comfortable doing this show. Yeah, no, this would probably be as comfortable as could be without someone in the back one. <coughs> <Yeah. laughs> That'd be it. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not that comfortable around Even here, the crickets but... in the background would move out. That's exactly it, man. Yeah, so as everyone can see, we are doing the more recent 2018 Overlord. Yeah, I feel like this will be the newest movie we will do for a while. Yeah, probably. yeah. I'd, uh, I'd say this is probably one of the newer ones. I didn't honestly forgot that this one was that new. And full disclosure, I've probably owned this movie for a year, and I only just watched it for the podcast. I finally got you to watch it. <laughs> uh, I have this habit of going through the Walmart, like $5, $7 bins and just going, Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. You know, and just like, <laughs> I bought it. Well, I'll, I'll a... get to that tonight. And yeah. then you get home and you just get distracted with something else. That, that's or, it. Well, or we live in a it... world where you mindlessly click on Netflix titles. Oh, there's nothing to watch, but there's a million things to watch. You just can't decide. Yeah, you know, so, and I don't watch anything I've never seen before in the shop while I'm working. Because you want to pay attention. I'll, I you won't. Need to focus. I, yeah, I'll, I'll pay attention to the movie. No, I won't pay attention to what I got to get done. <laughs> um, that's that's the downside too. Is I have to put something in I've seen a thousand times. So yeah, this one just kind of been in my collection for a little while. And Nate's like, uh, we've done like you know, vampire werewolf kind of zombies on the action one kinda. but kind of not and dan and uh nate's like uh how about uh how about world war ii zombies and i was like yeah i'm, I'm listening so uh we decided it, to do this movie and man have i been missing out i've been sitting on a a, a treasure trove the reason why I, I was like hey like let's let's try to you know do this one if you're into it is because I feel like this fits into the 80s horror genre. It just happens to be a war movie that is war movie first, horror movie second, in a way. Yeah. Oh, um, Which is a very tricky thing to pull off because you're dealing with a real event that's also a very uh, dark, depressing time. And to want to try to like do an alternate history on it, I can see where people are like, oh, that's so disrespectful to the actual victims of this but it's alternative history this is like a, a what if scenario this is this is like well we're getting into it now marvel's touching into you we're getting exactly. all these different like timelines and dimensions and alternate realities and that's essentially what this movie they even approached it as i mean we yeah, I've the, watched the interviews about it and jj is pretty much like it's an alternative view on what could have been um, no, this movie is fantastic. Yeah, I'm and there's still, we all know that the Nazis were into occult stuff, so why oh, not yeah. take it one step further of, like, what if they were trying to make 
zombies. What if they were trying to do? Who knows? Well, but it's it's not like this stuff hasn't been touched on before. You know, we have no, the Indiana I mean, Jones movies. We exactly. have the Hellboy movies. The so, Wolfenstein games. Like, this uh, is, to me, feels like someone couldn't get the rights to Wolfenstein. So they went, well, let's call it Overlord and make a few changes here or there. Yeah. It's, and turn it's, into this. It's the Resident Evil Wolfenstein crossover we didn't know we wanted. Yeah, because and like, that's 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 those, what this ended up being. Last, like that trilogy of Wolfenstein games was what if the Nazis won the war and America was occupied? So now it's just like, it's, this doesn't go that far, but it's what if no. the Nazis were into some really messed up stuff and we kind of uncover it? Right. So, you know, is there any, anything we, we need to talk about before we jump into this? Anything going on? Any? Uh... Um, I saw Dan for the first time in like three years recently. I forgot to tell you about that. Oh, you did? Yeah, hey, is, like, is this the concert? Yes. Yeah, so Dan and I went and saw Frank Turner play here in Columbus, and it was one of those like it was a Sunday night. I always have to get up at work very early on the weekdays, so I was trying not to be out late. I was like, "We'll get there as soon as it doors open at seven. The show should be over by like ten. Boom, in and out." Well, I get there. Dan texts me. He's a little bit further ahead of line. Um. The show had been moved to next door. There's two venues here in Columbus. You have the basement, which is a real small, intimate venue. You have Express Live, which is next door. It's a real big place. Needless to say, he couldn't play at the basement. They had to move him next door. They had to build the entire stage, the PA system, right then and there next to the bar in this venue. So sure enough, I get to Dan, but it isn't till like an hour and a half later. It's like 830. I'm like, this whole show has now been delayed. So I had to leave early just so I can make it to, you know, Betty get a couple hours of sleep. Time. Yeah. <laughs> but it was good to see Dan. I, I told him, I was like, we got to get a drink with Pete. You know, it's just, it's been yeah. so long since I've seen the man. Like the last time that I've actually hung out with Dan was a board game night. So it's been a yeah. while. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, it's been over a year since I've been up there. I can't We're coming... use COVID as an excuse. It's just, being busy and yeah, you know no, he's I mean, got, got kids and a wife like i i totally get you, you don't get the the play times like you used to no i mean but you know you guys are within driving distance at least we are it's like six hours to get up yeah. and hang out with you guys <laughs> <laughs> but now dana told me about that that you guys got to hang out and everything and that was that was kind of cool except for uh one thing i heard that uh you were out in public in your Nickelback shirt. No, no, he is slanderous and lies. This man us that it was your has jam always jam tried to shirt. tarnish my image, and I will not stand for it. <laughs> okay, um, we'll see if there's any photographic evidence floating around with everyone. There are photos of us there, and I, I will dig through them. Okay, we'll we'll leave, we'll we'll see if anything comes from this by the time this releases. Yeah. So. Well, tonight I wore my my special shirt that just says "Punch Nazis." I thought it was the most appropriate thing. That's to record. a fitting shirt. I I was <laughs> looking at that, going, "Yep, that's that's the right kind of shirt to be wearing." Oh right yes. Now. So, all right, man. Well, uh, I don't have a whole lot going on. We're get, uh, revving up for the holiday seasons. Thanksgiving's yeah, around been... the corner. Christmas. Adding stuff to coming. my cart. Yeah, everything's <laughs> coming at light speed. Now that I'm doing an episode a week, all my spare time is like, watch this movie, 
we just released the double feature movie on the action podcast. So I was like, I have to watch two movies. <laughs> I'm not complaining two that movies. bad. Yeah. You know, it, it, it worked. But uh, no, it's it just uh, I'm blinking and time is disappearing. No, these next two fast. months are going to fly by and yeah. it's just going to be yeah. trying to keep up. It so there's going to be like the next episode we're going to like, what are you up to? Like, I don't know, just busy at work trying to survive. <laughs> ah, you're lucky I'm here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm out of breath because I barely made it over here to the microphone. But Today. All right, I'm, sure, I'm sure everybody's tired of listening to us ramble on. So uh, let's. Let's go ahead and play the trailer for yeah. Overlord. Then we can dig into the it's we don't want to undershine the director on this. Yes, JJ Abrams was involved with this heavily, but he also really supported the director's vision on what he wanted this to end up ultimately being and what we got. So let's get the trailer done. And uh this this trailer makes up for the last movie trailer in high tension. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. This <laughs> this this trailer cranks it to eleven. So here we go. Three months ago I was cutting grass in my front yard. And the mailman shows up with a letter from the army. idea of where I'm going to end up. Welcome to France. What happened here? Some questions don't have good answers. There's a lot of soldiers out there. There's only four of us. Find out what's inside that compound. Was I, was I lying? It's a head banging trailer. That is, 
you know, if uh, if Dan's uh, episode doesn't get us a uh, cease and desist letter from Gene Simmons, uh, we, we might get one from ACDC. But Gene will actually we'll send see. us one for this episode, too. Probably. He's probably <laughs> already copyrighted the name of the show. And right he actually now, invented ACDC, it turns out. We didn't know that. Yeah, I work for Gene now, apparently. I'll get a letter yeah. in the mail, and I'm now employed by him. Um, all right, Nate. Well, I'll say we, uh, we go ahead and talk about the uh, budget and the director and everyone behind this uh, freaking fantastic movie. Yeah, so... This is obviously a bad robot productions film, yep. uh, which is J.J. Abrams, you know, house. Mm-hmm. So he picked a young talent named Julius Avery to direct it. The man does not have much underneath his belt. He's got some short films. Yeah, um, no, I looked him up too. Uh, he I does have a movie coming out next year called Samaritan, which is Sylvester Stallone playing a uh, retired superhero who's kind of gone into hiding that everyone thought is dead. So I'm very curious to see about how that's going to turn out, especially after watching Overlord. I'm interested. Seeing, yeah, what this man did. Um, it was written by a guy named Billy Ray. He did the screenplay. It was touched up by Mark L. Smith. Um, neither one of them really had anything that stuck out to me of what I've seen. Mark L. Smith seems to be a little bit more known in Hollywood. Like He did some touch-up on The Revenant. He's responsible for responsible for the god awful martyrs remake. So I mean yeah. a little bit of horror there, but we're not dealing with horror people when it comes to this movie, which is very interesting. Yeah, and this this is this didn't come from like a big horror production company. No, not not at all. And even when this movie was being hyped up, just like anything with Bad Robot almost, people thought this was going to be the fourth Cloverfield movie. To the point where they kept calling it Clover Lord. They thought for yeah. sure that because the plot was being kept under wraps for so long, uh, we're going to get in our Clovey movie. Like somewhere that monster is going to be in here, just like with 10 Cloverfield Lane. And then uh, I can't remember the name of that one that came to Netflix off the top of my head. The Cloverfield Paradox or something that like that. Cloverfield Paradox. That's what it yeah. is. So and this movie end up. No, it's a it's a standalone thing. It's it doesn't belong to any universe. No, and it doesn't. You would think because of the names attached to it of Abrams and company that it would have done a little bit better at the box office, but it really didn't. Like it has a budget of thirty eight million. Its opening weekend only made ten million. In the US and Canada it grossed twenty one million. And worldwide it made forty one million. So that's not a hit. Once you factor in, you know, pr- promotions and such like the movie's technically a flop yeah i mean i don't i don't foresee them putting a ton of promotion into this although i'm sure it cost a pretty penny to get acdc in your trailer but uh yeah i was i was a little taken aback at the numbers but then i also i also have to look at it as i didn't watch it either when it came out Yeah, like this was a date night movie for me and Hannah. Like we went to theaters and saw this because I was just like zombie Nazis getting shot. Like we have to go see this. Um, We were the only people in the theater. And I think we saw this like the second weekend it came out. I don't think we got to it on opening weekend, but it was, you know, a date night. Let's go get food. We'll go to the movies and we'll go somewhere else afterwards. Like that's what this movie was to us. And 
like I've watched it probably three or four times now, and I I still absolutely love it. And I'm so glad I finally got you to watch it. <laughs> oh yeah, well you know I I pulled the uh, the trailer off of YouTube, and the YouTube video I think had like 15 million plays. So it's like people are aware of this movie. Yeah, it's it's gonna be another cult classic that rears its head and gets a following yeah i think 15 years down the road to 20 years like people be like oh yeah remember why don't we have more movies like overlord why can't we have more like this well and i think that also fits perfectly in what the ultimate goal of what we're doing here is is this is literally a movie that is giving us back our horror movies yeah like This, this I could have this as a VHS title on my shelf right now. That's yeah. what this movie should be. This like, one, this one totally could have been this one. I, there's no reason this one couldn't have been made in the nineties, the eighties. I mean, even to the point we, we're going to highlight a lot more of the, me and native talked, and there's an unsung hero in these movies and it's the special effects people the companies that are involved in bringing all this to life. And this movie in particular, they went into it saying we want more practical effect than CGI effect. I'd say it's probably 90% practical, 10% CGI. And the CGI is just kind of there to touch up. If you, if you eliminate the beginning of the movie, but even the beginning of the movie, a lot of that was, they had, you know, taken apart an airplane and like tilted yeah. it upside down. That way you're actually throwing just stuntmen. Yeah, I'm talking <laughs> like all of the exterior shots. But like, shots. yeah, the exterior shots, definitely. Because like, that's that's one thing that's probably, while the whole movie is fantastic, my favorite part of the movie is the beginning. And that's what I want to dig into here in a little oh, bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I absolutely love that. So let's, uh, let's uh, give the people what they came here for, not the movie. Not not anything else. They want Nate's three sentence synopsis. This is the only reason why they tune in to the whole show. That's it. After this, we should do it at the end. So yeah, that way we can actually keep episode. our listeners. We'll do like the Dateline uh, news specials. They would always be like, "This serial may kill you. Stay tuned at nine. <laughs> and then and you're then like, "Oh, play it till like nine fifty eight. Is Tony the Tiger like, actually a tiger that's going to kill me? And then it ends up being like uh, this little girl found a box of Kellogg's in an old abandoned cabin and a piece of glass had fallen into it. And if she had ate it, she'd have died. And she should have never been in that old abandoned factory anyway. Yeah. It, it's like, oh, oh, wow. I set and you set through all of their puff pieces about a grandma who turned 97 and she crocheted her millionth doily and her daughter. <laughs> and she graduated just- from college. Yeah, that you know, we're not left all that student any- loan debt though for her daughter. We're not knocking anyone that actually did that. I, I was just <laughs> rambling at that point, just seeing where I could take it, and uh, that's that's as far as I'm taking it. So, Nate, I'm gonna have to get you a sound drop for this. Yes, now you do. This is a bit. I need Nate's three sentence synopsis. Go ahead and jot that down. Here we <laughs> yeah, go. I jotted. The horrors of war. Trapped behind enemy lines. Die, Nazi, die. 
that those are really short sentences, Nate. They're very <laughs> short sentences. That was almost the one I turned into a high cue because I thought it'd be pretty cool to have a Nazi dying high cue. But yeah, you see, we've got a again, demand. Couldn't get it. We got a demand for the haikus, man. So you it's know, going to happen. You need to be doing that. So since I already knew what Nate wrote because he read it to me, I actually have a synopsis for the movie. So yeah, of we what can the get, movie's actually about. <laughs> yeah, we can get a little bit better than the trailer and Nate's three sentences of die Nazis die. Um, so here's There's gonna be a lot of that. I can't wait to talk about that, all, all that. there is. So here is our synopsis for Overlord. With only hours until D-Day, a team of American paratroopers drop into Nazi-occupied France to carry out a mission that's crucial to the invasion's success. Tasked with destroying a radio transmitter atop a fortified church, the desperate soldiers join forces with a young French villager to penetrate the walls and take down the tower. But in a mysterious Nazi lab beneath the church, the outnumbered GIs come face-to-face with enemies unlike any the world has ever seen. So we uh, we are introduced to a movie that is the day before D Day. It's the, the hours leading into it, correct? Yeah, this is at night, uh, the day before, the fifth of June, nineteen forty four. So D Day is when we stormed the beaches. We had our entire naval fleet ready to go. This On was the beach of Normandy. Yeah, and this, this a, one. Opens up, deciding, because so many movies do that after Saving Private Ryan, like, that's such, that's real horror. And we're covering fake horror blended into a really horrific event. It's so strange yeah. to cover. But this movie decided to do something I have not seen before, which is, let's take it to the skies. I love, and this is, this is why this is my, this is the part I'm probably going to talk the most about, but I'm not going to goes scene by scene basically i'm just going to give you this broad overview of there is air support obviously for the naval fleet that's coming through and ahead of that are as it said in the synopsis we are following a group of paratroopers who are going to infiltrate a radio tower so that they can uh disable all communications between the germans and their soldiers and their fleet and their planes it's it's like the big thing. So the other thing to keep in mind is this is not based on anything that happened other than the war. They are very loose with, you know, actual things that happened other than this. Yeah, is the day it's before. not like this was an actual mission. I mean, no. there's probably very similar missions to this, but this is not based off any specific one that happened uh, during the war. I was going to pull the drop, but I figured this would be easier to say than try to record uh, JJ saying it was he, he immediately went into this going, I don't have to be historically accurate in everything because it's a movie about zombies. So that already knocks you out of the realm of reality. So there's zombies in this. I don't need to worry about that. There were no black paratroopers that were sent with, the regular yeah like i saw what people were complaining about that i was like really like in a movie that has nazi zombies we're gonna be mad about race like that's cool awesome guys i zero i zero don't care matter of fact love the guy that they yeah play that we follow in this a gentleman by the name of yovan adipo i think is how you pronounce it he plays boyce that's our main character because 
he's not quite a pacifist, but he's definitely he knows right from wrong. He's thrown into a war that like any young person would have been thrown into. Well, like, hey, he was, what am I doing he was here? Draft, he was drafted because he yeah. says just two weeks ago I was mowing grass at my grandma's. I got a letter. Yeah, and he goes, I got a letter from the government. So we're opened up in inside the plane. Um, so we're getting this first person kind of experience of them all just sitting there flying in. They're talking about how long it's going to take to get there. Yeah, you're getting introduced to our cast of characters, which is like there's uh, Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell's son. Kurt Russell's son. I am beginning to become a fan of him. This movie won me over for him. There was a little show that came out earlier this year where a lot of people were giving him flack. I was like, no, like, trust me, this guy has so much potential. (laughs) No, and this movie's probably what got him that because – there was a oh, it's lot of parallels. Doubt what got him, you know, Falcon US, and Winter Soldier. Yeah, where he this guy he played U.S. agent in the Disney show, you know, Winter Winter Soldier and Falcon. And I, I'm telling you, I'm watching this guy. If I see see him pop oh, yeah. up in something, I'm Definitely. watching. How did I, we not get a movie where Kurt Russell fights Nazis back in the day? I don't know. Like, I, I when I was know. watching this and, like, seeing Wyatt fight Nazis and just the way he's punching and kicking and stuff, I'm like, we deserve this with Kurt as well. Hell, give me a, a buddy-up movie where him and Kurt just go around punching Nazis. I don't care, but it was just like, <laughs> how did the 80s not allow that to happen? It blows my mind. Because in the multiverse, like we, we talked about with the what-ifs in the Marvel Universe... That movie exists. <laughs> sure. I mean, it could it be it could be a escape Nazi Germany, the Snake Plissken adventure that we didn't know yeah. happened or something like that. But uh we'll save that for the for the action show though. We will. We will. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> so as and again, I want to highlight certain things that they wanted to do as much practical effect as possible. They built a bomber fuselage these got these actors are actually inside of an airplane belly strapped in it's on a gimbal that moves left right up and down shapes everything so it's as realistic as you could do that's not you know everyone on the bridge of the starship enterprise you know leaning left and right yeah and there's a green screen behind us yeah so I'm already in love with how this movie's being shot because I love war movies. I love anything that can kind of drop you into the action, you know, stuff stuff like uh, Midway and, you know, Memphis Bell. 1917 being a recent yeah. one. That is... 1917 is a recent one, but I'll watch the old ones too. Yeah. You know? oh, oh, no. Like, I've definitely. Old war movies. I love them. I've learned that my 30s have been defined by watching old war movies and barbecuing. Yeah, it's kind of this uh, thing you have to go through as a. Yeah, as a I'm realizing it's something I gotta go yeah. through, and I, you know what? I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with it, man. We've all been there, you know. Just just come along for the ride. Eventually, yeah. you're gonna be like, I need to do a podcast about this. Yeah, so, I, I might have to. <laughs> <laughs> give me back my war movies, but <laughs> give me back my barbecue. <laughs> That's a totally different franchise. <laughs> Patent pending, Gene, but um. Again, he's drinking water when I drop it. <laughs> That's like the Nate thing in every episode is I inadvertently make him laugh when he's yeah. drinking a bottle of water. 
One but, day this no, laptop's gonna go to hell. <laughs> just the the phone screen that I'm watching him on is gonna just spray with water. And I'm yeah. like, well, Nate, Nate's out of this episode for now. I will carry the torch. <laughs> no, so it starts out in the air, you know, bombs going off everywhere. They've got the flak cannons that are shooting. Um and it it literally starts semi slow and then literally all hell breaks loose yeah like it is they are now behind enemy lines and there's artillery rounds hitting their plane yeah so and it this is the other thing i love of the visuals of this movie is it's literal hell so a bomber gets blown up beside them they they experience the explosion from where they're sitting their plane gets shot up from the underbelly and two or three guys die in that. They're all trying to panic, but their commanding officer, which I love this guy, this guy, I remembered him from um, the rock with Nicholas cage. Is that where he's from? Yeah. He's got one of those faces where it's like, I know you from something. He's been in a ton of other stuff, but he was one of the other mercenaries that helped take over Alcatraz. Okay. Um, so I'm already watching him. I'm, I didn't, I could not get a drop for him because every time he talked, something blew up because he's literally like, didn't I promise you guys a, a, an awesome day or something like that as planes were exploding around him? And you, they give this emotion, or not emotion, but it shows you that these guys have a job to do no matter what's going on around them. And that's kind of this thread that goes through the movie is, yep, 16 guys over in that plane just died hook up to the to the line you guys are getting Start ready to jumping. jump out of this plane and we don't jump till the light turns well the light's getting ready to turn and then all of a sudden they lose their engine and the literal back half of the airplane explodes into it, it literal hellfire it's like this swirling vortex of flame and guys are getting sucked into it while the others are trying to go forward and jump out the side of the plane. So it's like you either jump out the side or you get sucked down into hell. Yeah. It was and it's this literal decision. Some of them were making sensory overload because like you have all the gunfire going off. You have people screaming, you have the bullets going like, it's just, it's chaos oh, it's- happening. And like, you have to make a decision and the camera like does this amazing thing where it follows voice as he falls out of the plane. Yeah, and, he and I'm telling you, it follows him all the way until he impacts into water beneath. Yeah, he lands in water. So you literally went from hellfire, free falling. Now he's in quite a bit of depth of water, tangled up in his para- parachute ropes, having to cut himself free, struggle to swim back up, and have to come up through his parachute silk at the top. So it's yeah. almost like he's being like almost reborn as he popped up through there and had to cut his way out of the parachute. I mean, this is the beginning of the movie. And then he gets loose. He gets spotted by other uh, Nazi troops that obviously they're the ones that are shooting at the planes. They chase him around a little bit. He tries to find whoever is left surviving. Find anyone left in his, uh, anyone. He, He hears his commanding officer. He's, surrounded by nazis 
and he's basically doing the whole bravado thing. You know, it's like what what we all would hope we were doing instead of yeah, shitting well, our pants. Yeah, because like uh, I would not survive World War II. I would be pooping no. my pants and just like, no, I cannot survive those times. He's, I am well aware of it. I'm cool with it. He's asking the Nazis for a cigarette and all this other yeah. stuff. He's being and, like uh, just totally like, all right, I know yeah. I'm about to die. I don't have my gun on me. You're no. You Nazi <laughs> bastards are just going to shoot me down. So yeah, let's he, get this like, over I with. Got, I got nothing. I got nothing left. Boyce, it looks like Boyce is trying to jump in to help him, and Ford is the name of Wyatt Russell's character. Grabs him, holds him down, like you know, there ain't shit you can do, man. There's like twenty yeah. Nazis, and he's like, if one you of fire you on them, you've got one gun, they've got fifteen yeah. or twenty. Like you're not gonna live this. What we have to do is be smart, continue on with the mission. Yeah, and as as it as things kind of calm down, the Nazis disperse back to wherever they they were at. Um, we're left with Boyce and Ford. They find two other guys, Chase and uh can't remember the uh Brooklyn Tibbet. guy's name. Tibbet. And they Which are Tibbet is like our classic Brooklyn. Oh yeah, you got it, you know. Well, He's got I like mean, the toothpick in his mouth, like, what are you looking at? Kind of guy. Like it's a we World get War every II single stick. Yeah, like yeah. Cause Ford, Wyatt Russell, he is the leader who's been transferred to this unit. You've yeah. got Boyce is the the rookie. You've yep. got Tibbet is our sniper that's a smart ass. And then Chase is our Chase is our photographer that just wants to take pictures of the war. Clearly is not really he's got a handgun, I think, and that's it. Yeah, he's he's I think they make him go through boot and that's about it. So we have a fifth guy, but he instantly gets blown up by a landmine. Oh, love that. because when we finally get this team together it's like all right we got our classic ragtag team of five explosion yeah. ragtag team of four yeah they're literally like they're like we have a mission it's if we don't do this the in the entire invasion fails like the entire war effort is on these guys shoulders and you're like okay five ooh those odds aren't good, but you know, maybe. And then out of nowhere, oh, four. It's and shocking. And this it's dude a blows huge up out explosion. Of it caught me off guard. Yeah. I was not expecting it. And it starts. It's literally moments after they've all kind of gathered and realized, like, oh, yeah. well, I guess we're just going to sally forth. And it, not that I want to go backwards too far, but there is one shot in this movie that I, it was haunting terrifying and beautiful at the same time and it's when Boyce looks back once he kind of gets his bearings and he sees the forest that he's landed in and you see trees but as your eyes focus you realize hanging from the trees are all of these other paratroopers that died yeah the ones that didn't even make it to they never made it to ground yeah and they're just barely swaying in the air and it's like got this red hue to it and i love that shot that shot is it does something to you emotionally when you yeah see and it. throughout this entire movie it is brilliantly shot because you gotta think 38 million dollars for a budget is not much when it comes to a war movie no, so no then not what even. happens is you get creative how do you use your landscapes how do you do your different shots like, there are shootouts in this where it's like there's only a shootout between, like, two on two. 
but the way that it feels and the way it's shot feels way more claustrophobic feels like there's a lot more going on but it's just they utilize creativity creativity like it's really cool I like when they shine a spotlight on that later when two guys have to hold off like 30 Nazis yeah. and make it appear that they're a larger force. So they're, they're, this movie is very smartly done. It It's creative in the way that they shot it. It's creative in the way how they they make it seem like, yeah, these guys could actually have pulled this off. Yeah, I, could, I can believe three or four guys can take out this tower that's in a church and it's i mean it's tight this movie is very tight there's no loose ends there's no no moment of yeah exactly like it is and it's a two-hour long movie yeah you would think there'd be moments like oh you cut that you can get rid of that every piece of this movie is essential it is although there is a scene that i already had pete in the back of my head groaning and it's oh, really? on one, of, one of the things we've already talked about in the show that for some reason that they have to keep showing uh, semi-rape uh, scenes. Yeah, you know what? That is true. Because Nazis are already bad, we don't have to show them being more bad. Like, we didn't have to go there, but even in 2018, we still seem to think that's the way to portray a, a bad person. It's like you could just avoid sexual assault. It's not that hard. Be better it did fuel the female lead it did really make you believe that it gave you a background for her of like yeah there's reasons why she wants these nazis to die there's a reason why she wants this specific one to die also how they've lasted this long in nazi occupied uh france so we're Uh, we're we're we're, we're in, in France. France. Yeah, because yeah. there's talking French. Because she speaks in French. Again, um, I, this isn't as accurate. And I, if I misspeak on something, I apologize. But I'm just trying to get through the movie. Um, so they've landed. They are. Mentioned her. I mean, they, they find refugee with, with her. Yeah, that's where I, I was feel like That's what we should uh, say is just like they have now found their way to her home. And I got to say, I do a terrible job sometimes navigating Columbus. I can't imagine navigating a foreign land occupied by Nazis with a foreign language. Once again, I would die in World War II. I'm not going to survive. That's okay, Nate. I don't <laughs> Just, worry about I it. need to make that clear. So our female lead, Chloe, played by Mathilda Olivier. Yeah, Olivier. I think we got a um, lot of uh, hard names to pronounce in this one. Yes. Yes, we do. Um but anyway, she is our heroine, basically, throughout this movie. She is staying with her younger brother and her aunt. And I'm going to say, man, I, they kept building the aunt up, and I was a little let down. Now, I the reveal of how sick, she looked, yeah. And when she appears on screen for the first time to it's show shocking. you that she's sick, it's shocking it's it reminded me of pet cemetery with the grandma locked up in the other room that's what it reminded me of yeah where it's like the, oh, the creepy sister. old woman yeah is that's it sister the, that's the sister oh boy yeah. <laughs> she did not age well then <laughs> zelda she had that disease that like crippled her body and like her spine and everything was coming out that's that what was, it took me to that was uh, tasha yar's sister <laughs> 
because that's who <laughs> plays the mom in that. Um, another Star Trek reference. I've got a running thing in all these episodes. Yeah, you do. Star Trek comes up. So they, they take refuge in her home, and they are posted up in the attic, and we kind of just... This is probably the slower part of the movie, yet they find ways to just pop little well, this is things in. We get an introduction to the Nazis. We find out that uh, Waffner, Waffner, it's Waffner, 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 yeah, uh, played by Pilo Aspiak. He's from Game of Thrones. He was real prick in that show too. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It shows that, you know, they, they come around to this village often, they're kidnapping people, and those people just never return. And there's rumors in the village of what's going on, no one really knows. But one of these Nazis does a thing that pissed me off so much, because they, you know, look, they have a little boy in this house as well. And yeah. they go up there to the act to see what the little boy's up to, and he rolls a baseball to him. And this Nazi scum spits on a baseball, and that's an American crime in my eyes. You do not uh, uh, spit on a baseball. That's where I wanted the bear Jew to come out and knock some heads around. <laughs> that 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 scene was a little. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. And then speaking of the little boy, he's he's running around with a ball glove and a baseball, and he goes to our Brooklyn character. Yeah, you know, he our, wants to play baseball with all these Americans. Yeah, he's like this is awesome. You're you're automatically thinking, okay, yeah, the Giants or you know something like that. Yeah. Nope, the, this New York dude hates baseball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, nah, I, I don't like it. Yeah, he broke that stereotype in two seconds. <laughs> yeah, he he's did. like, nope, I don't mess around with baseball. That's not my not my thing. I was like, he goes, if you can go get me a deck of cards or a pool table or something, he's like, we'll play pool or something. I was like, damn, that was pretty good. They didn't even go with the old shtick of baseball, you know, uniting people. Yeah. He's like, no, I, was, I don't like baseball. This whole scene, too, of them being in the attic, I was like, well, any minute now, they can just start raining bullets on these Nazis below them, right? Like, we just instantly jump back into the action. But it's like, nope. Got no, they're smart. on a mission. They have no idea you're there. You got the mission to complete. No, they... they have to break into a church, which is what they're told. You see this giant um antenna well they get there and they realize that this church quotation marks is fortified to the nines yeah it's there's, not just a standard church like no there's something this has else a full going on, on it's a fortress yeah it, it's a fortress literal fortress um so they're trying to rethink what they're going to be able to do with the amount of guys that they have so some guys get sent out as um to see if they're anyone recon. else they're doing recon, but they went to go see if anyone else made it to the rendezvous point to bolster their numbers. Cause you know, there's only four of these guys running around right now. So we're going to fast forward a little bit. Now the, uh, the German captain comes in to the house where they're hiding out, uh, starts doing unnice things to, it doesn't get graphic. Don't worry. It doesn't. It no, doesn't it, it alludes no... to just uncomfortableness. But yeah, it's thankfully before it gets too further ahead, uh, Boyce breaks. The, he's like, I'm not going to hide anymore. So he actually yeah. stomps on down and points the gun to the back of uh, Waffner's head. And then that's when we get this amazing punch from Ford punching the hell out of this nazi oh it's so good i love it he does that quite a bit too leading up to oh yeah this movie goes so once they you know now they're kind of like crap 
we've got this guy. Let's try and get some information. He's not giving out any information, no matter how much Ford beats the piss out of him. So he Ford decides to send um, Boyce, hey, you need to go get the other two that we sent out on recon, find out where the hell they are. We all need to regroup because there's like a countdown. They're down into hours now before the invasion happens. Yeah, they, they, they need to get this, get this over to the yeah, Allies. This is like super fast they're having to go through. And when so, Boyce is into right. this uh, church, this is where, to me, it turns into pure Wolfenstein. Because well, this is, yeah, this is like video he gets game behind enemy right lines. Now. He, you know, he he rides a van or not a van, a truck into it. But it's like this of is a World bodies. War II haunted house. That was that was actually kind of cool. He hides in a a box truck of dead bodies. Yeah, and puts one on top of him to get by all these people. I was like, it, oh, that so always still gross. Just, I hate that. I've seen other movies where like people hide under body parts and shit like that. I, I can't stand that. No, would not be able to do it. it. Once again, we would not survive World War that, II. That is a point I am out. <laughs> I am out. I, my hands would come up and go, you got me. Ah, I'm alive. Ah, you got me. <laughs> Thought I fooled you. You're Turns too smart out, for I me. I can't do this. <laughs> you know. You guys Please. recruiting? Nah, I don't want to be part of this. Nah, That's nah, it. I don't want to nah, be part of this. I'm kidding. Just shoot me. Just shoot me. <laughs> your, it's fine. Your team sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like the outfit. Let's change the outfit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he, he ends up in this church. And it's, and it's like just... catacombs and dungeon yeah. and, and it's all terrible this noises. Stuff. You just hear people screaming. There's like... The classic surgery sounds going on, but it's like a power drill and a power saw, and you just have Nazis being present as well, which is already terrifying. And he's just trying to navigate around because he doesn't even really know what he's looking for. Well, no, he he ends up in this place totally accidental. He did not go into the church on purpose. It just happened. (laughs) He was running away. And yes, around he finds like a dude in a cocoon that's all bagged up like he sees it's a body moving so he unzips it and just blood gushes out of this bag and then you see this like gooey man like burst head push out yeah and he's got like a like a gas mask almost on or something like that that he's like taking off and it reminded me of that scene in uh one of the blade movies where they're it's the blood farm where they're harvesting blood out of humans yeah, all, they're all like in the vacuum sealed containers and they're all hooked up to pipes and lines and everything. It's, it's essentially yeah, it's like that, but it's keeping this guy alive for something. But it's just like there's a sadistic experiment going on. Yeah, here. And uh, that's another thing I want to talk about in a little bit is I almost didn't catch what was going on, because when you when you find out what everything was about, they don't stay on that topic very long. It's very no, not like, really. Like, oh, this is why. Bye. And that that's it. So he's running around. He's kind of sneaking around this place, just trying he's, to get his bearings. He ends up finding the uh, control room for the antenna, which that's important. That's actually yep. what they're looking for. And then he finds his buddy that it, it, he had a moment with at the beginning of the movie. And he's laying on this table with this giant freaking tube attached to his stomach. It's like a vacuum tube. And uh, like, yeah, it's he's like, I'll weird just, looking. I'll pull it off real quick. It shouldn't take but a second. No. And when you find out when he pulls it off, it's like a six-inch needle 
Oh, well, I was gonna so say, gross. Because we have to talk about, because this comes up in the next thing, is before he can even do that, these Nazi doctors come walking into the room, so he hides. And we see them pull a, another dead GI, you know, American GI, strap him to a table, and then inject him with this liquid. Yeah, and dude comes serum. alive. Yeah, this dude just comes to life and starts moaning and crying and, you know, yelling and doing all this stuff. And, you know, the Germans, that was another thing I was noticing. It was, it was a, it was a choice they made. So we understand English, all of the French, or most of the French is subtitled. So yep. we can understand what's going on. None of the German is subtitled. No, none of it. But you can watch this movie and basically know what they're saying or at least what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you definitely have a good idea of what they're alluding towards. And, like, yeah. even in this haunted room of horror, um, there's even, like, a head that's still oh, attached head. to the spine that is talking yeah, and moving. Yeah, this girl's head. And the effects of that are so cool because it, it looks 100% real. That doesn't look like it is uh, fake by any means. No, no, no. It's it's And her she's head. like Ripley from like Alien Resurrection of like kill me. Kill yeah. me. And we're not talking like the head cut at the neck and sticking on top of the table, you know, that old gag where the they're hiding under the table. No, no this no. head is on it on the back of the head, held up in like a vice, and her spine is going down the table attached to cables it's the- and fatality Stop. that sub-zero does where he rips your head off and the spine still there you go that's exactly it. did this to her and then put the head in a vice and the mortal combat spine. the predator and predator one when he yeah. pulls out the the indian's head and that that's this head that's still talking and cr- begging him to put her out of her misery me and walking just through like, that shit. chambers of horror i would have saw that head passed out the nazis would have caught me i'd be dead once again, I would have not survived World War II. Nate keeps putting himself further in this movie, and we already know that he probably didn't make it through boot. Nope, did not make it through boot, actually. Maybe Why got do I even think that plane. I'd make it through boot? <laughs> Maybe got on the plane. Not 100% sure. Even like he's... Steve Rogers when he's that scrawny little ass and like got all that heart. Not me. No, I'm a very selfish no. human being. <laughs> Nate, Nate goes, I cannot do this all day. I am out. I could not. No. When the grenade got thrown, I'd be like, yeah, I'm I'm ducking out as well. I am not jumping on it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Run no, faster, no. you fools. And that's that's also going to be the next this this trope I noticed as I watched this movie. Boyce gets his bell rung at least four times in this movie from the plane exploding. He's next to the dude that blows up on the landmine. A grenade goes off near his head. He blows up a a container later in the movie. This guy has massive brain damage at the end. Oh, of he's movie. got it. Is it tinnitus? Is that the one where you just oh tinnitus? Ma can't hear anything. The whole Archer thing. <laughs> yeah, ma ma ma. That's that's him. He may have a concussion. This whole movie could actually just be in his head. <laughs> oh my god! I just kept noticing that. Like every time something would happen, dude got blown up. Boom, yeah. and I'm like, he's disoriented. He's, his ears he's, are bleeding or something. I don't know. He's not surviving long if he does survive. 
Thankfully, somehow he makes it his way back to the house, though. With and that's where we get to with, with the dude he yeah had the thing in his with stomach. Rosenfeld. He saves him. He saves him, and that's where we get to a part that I absolutely love. It's time to interrogate a Nazi. This might as well be like a 1970s game show to me. Yeah, yeah. They string him up. They hoist they in- him up. They boot him to the face. They brass knuckles. Uh, Chloe Everything. gets a good knife into him. Oh, and yeah, then she, after stabs, she his stabs him in the leg. Uh, Ford takes it and starts twisting it because they're wanting to know what's inside this church. Like, yeah. what is going on? He's like, I'm not going to tell you anything. Boys, uh, laying Boyce, haymakers. Yeah, Boyce had even grabbed uh, a syringe of whatever the liquid was as he was making his way out because he saw what it did. So they're questioning this guy. What are you guys doing down there? What is this? What, how many are in there? What's your armament? All this stuff because, you know, they're still countdown clock and like when they show him the serum his eyes kind of light up like oh shit they yeah, they know he, he sees they know that something. immediately like oh yeah so they, they, we can't i can't tell them about that so they beat the piss out of him boyce is trying to pull everybody off of him because he's he's still the good guy he's like no this yeah, isn't he right you doesn't know, he's, he's like, like we're not them we can't be yeah. like behave like them and ford's like no nah, like he would have no mercy for you yeah he, yeah, he would do it to us. He's like, I don't care. I'm not, we're not him. So they all go downstairs. They kind of go over the plan. You know, now they have an extra guy. So Rosenfeld is well enough to at least participate in the, in the yeah, raid. at least help with the war now or with yeah. the mission. So they get everything planned. They're going to use the evil Nazi to get in as a distraction. Well, he sends Chase up, the photographer, go up there, gather him up, bring him back down here. Nazis playing dead, basically. Chase gets, um, pulls out his gun because he thinks the guy's dead. He's like laying there, just laying, you know, motionless. He's laying there flat, and there's a bag over his head, so you can't yeah, see so he, any facial expressions. He can't see anything, and the Nazi surprises him. They tussle. Chase takes a bullet straight through the sternum. Yeah, right he takes like two bullets straight there. And everyone rushes upstairs. We have another little fight with everyone. They they finally get the upper hand on the another the boot Nazi. To the face. Yeah, oh, <laughs> they crush this dude's face. I loved they it. Really Every moment do. was so glorious. But like, this movie reminds you that war is very sad. And like when Chase, they open up his shirt. There's blood pouring oh, out of his chest. Oh, it's pumping. It's every heartbeat because he's talking. Yeah, he's know. turning white, and he's he just asked for his camera. And, like, dude, that was so heartbreaking to watch. Because this was. is a guy that didn't need to be in this war in the first place. And, like, when he's just like, give me my camera, I, w- I just want to hold on to my camera. And then he just slips away. Yeah, he, he's gone at that point. So they're all losing it, trying to figure out what to do with the Nazi. And Boyce gets the bright idea. I watched him stab a dead dude with this serum. I'm going <laughs> to do in the it scenario. To, to my dude. And stabs Chase in the chest with the serum, pumps it in there, and nothing happens at first. And everyone's like, what, what are you doing? What? We don't care about that. That's not the mission. And then Chase sits straight up. And he is apparently brought back to life, but he's still breathing through the blood and everything that's in his lungs. So it's very labored and gargled. As he's yeah, and he's like, I'm burning up. I'm really, really hot. Ahead. Yeah, he. He's I need getting, a drink. He's getting on saying he asked for a drink, and this is the only drop I could get because 
this is kind of the mood of everything that's that's happening upstairs in this attic. Bad as it looks, I guess. <laughs> that's weird. Add it to the list. Yeah, add it to the list. So he crushes the water canteen. The canteen like after paper. he takes a drink of it. And you then it starts. No, you're not prepared for what's about to happen. So if you want no, to watch this, this movie, watch it before thing. you listen to us. Yeah, this is straight up the thing. Yeah, like, so, and it's all practical effects. And you blew my mind with a little bit of information you found yeah. out about this. So he jumps up. He's kind of panicking. He's like, you see this like black veining start appearing all over his body. Yeah, all his, his veins are popping everywhere. out and they're dark. He's He's flexing his body. It's almost like involuntary, and he's trying to fight it. He runs up to one of the beams in the house and headbutts it. He's like, I'm burning up. My head Dude, hurts. He and breaks the beam. Like, he when he breaks headbutts the beam. it, it full-on breaks. And it's just like, not and only is this stuff bringing you, like, back to life, it is giving you the super soldier serum. Oh, yeah. You, making you're, you're, you way stronger than you need to be. It's like your adrenaline is on a 1,000. Yeah, so like, he you're on does, next level. He does that, tries to uh, keep talking, and then his body just convulses, and he snaps his head back. I mean, his back of his head touches his back. Yeah, like, and it looks like his spine, like, literally, like, jumps up and, like, flops backwards almost. Yeah, the way that his his, head, like, his head just just elongated, but it was yeah, it was a spasm. And then Plus, when he, he, full, he like goes forward and his head goes back into normal, kind of. But it's like kinda, you have kinda. the bones, yeah. like the clavicle bone is like sticking out. And like he just looks really contorted. And the base around his neck is all screwed up. Yeah, so his collarbone is poking up through the skin, all this stuff. And this is what I told Nate. I watched, I have the DVD, so I was watching the uh, special features. That whole dude was an animatronic. They built a guy to snap his own neck. That and was like, not CG. Uh, I mean, maybe some magic on just coloring. Just touch-ups, but yes. for the most part, it's because it, you know Julius Avery wanted uh, authentic reactions to what is going on to the actors, what's happening around them. And the yeah. best way to do that is with practical effects. And So he built a neck-snapping robot. I mean, yes. And and, even then, after like they decide basically to put him down, you know? Oh, uh, Ford blows a hole through his chest. Yeah. He's like, Like, I'm doing him a favor. And when he's down the ground, that's when Boyce takes the butt of his gun and just starts bashing the guy's head until it pops like a balloon. Yeah, that's how how they end him, but you're you're skipping one really really wild line and foreboding and dark phrase is after Ford blows a hole through his chest, Ford looks at evil Nazi dude and he's like, what the hell was that? And the guy looks at him and goes, the thousand year right needs thousand year soldiers. And as soon as he says that the body jumps back up and tries to attack Ford and boys, uh, rifle butts it to death, just yeah. like explodes its head on the ground. And it's like, and now we have the reasoning, the why. Like, yeah. 
not only are the Nazis in this war, and you got to think, 1944, you know, the war's been going on for a while now because America's now finally entering. Yeah, we're, we're um, in it now. So We're finally in it. Like, this is the long con. This is the game plan of world domination and what, how we're going to yeah. achieve it once we kind of get this red serum figured out and, and people aren't the, snapping their own necks. The thousand-year Reich is not anything that was made up. That was an actual... No, like, that's an actual thing, and it's just that's what makes it so much more, like, believable, I guess, of, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, because we knew they were dealing with the occult stuff, and... Who, know, who knows what they were actually doing? Yeah. Think about it. Like, so, I think now is probably a good time we can... I'll tell you what. I think now's a good time for us to take a quick commercial break. Yeah, quick commercial because break. Because we're about to get into the castle. The, the yeah, church. we're getting into uh, Fortress Church. Yep, and we're going to move pretty quickly through this. So let's play this, and we will be right back. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his times in the territories with PG-13 to his times in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major podcast formats. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Down where twice a month we review monster movies from all corners of the planet. Join me, Sludge. I was, went to watch it the other night, and she's like, why are you watching this? You can quote this movie line for line. That's very accurate. My co-host, Mark. Don't ask me to, to do a stomp down on this, because it's zero. <laughs> okay, dude. Ruben, what's your stomp down rate? And our brother from Texas, Ruben. It, it's just, I'm like, wait a minute, they tricked me into watching this. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I felt like. like. As we give you the history, our review, and the stomp-down rating of some of the best and worst monster movies around. Available through the Podbean app, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Amazon. Make sure and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, where each month we drink finely crafted brews while watching terrible films in order to see just how drunk you have to get to enjoy them. So tune in and join Troy. Killboy Kreitz. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Dave. I have the weirdest boner. And Pete. IPAs are ales, meaning they are bottom fermented. Excuse me, they are top fermented. I f- that up. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> As we drag Kathleen, Hear me. kicking and screaming through an alcohol-fueled podcast dedicated to movies of questionable quality and the frosty adult beverages that help make them tolerable. Good beer, bad movie night. Clearly, it's the beer's fault. And welcome back from that commercial break. I needed to get that in now because if we kept going, we, we were going to forget like, again. We were going to forget it again. And I, I know it's our show and we can do that, but I, I do try to have a little <laughs> level of when people to expect these things. So now, now we have the ticking clock of D-Day 
pressing down on these guys because basically D-Day was in the early morning, so we are kicking down to early morning for them to get the antenna down. And this is also like when this movie cranks everything up to 11. Oh, yeah. This is where we hit into a final act that is guns a-blazing. Oh, the final act. When it starts, it doesn't stop. So the movie starts super high and grabs you in. Then it needs to kind of tell you about these people. Simmer and develop. Yeah, because that's a mistake some movies do. If it's too fast, I don't care about the characters. I don't care if they live or die. You take too long, I've now lost interest in the entire thing. So I feel like they did it correctly here. It's no, no, they well. did a good balance because it, this leaves yeah. you in the end wanting more in the best well, way possible. 100%. 100%. So, Nate, why don't you take us through what you call the third act? Yeah, so it engages with our Nazi dude escaping. He kidnaps the little brother. Ford, our hero, manages to put some lead in some Nazis and even manages to shoot super Nazi in the face, takes out his entire jaw. His whole cheek is gone. I love that shot. It's so great when you see it happen. Um, So then they decide, like, A, now we have a rescue mission to do, and B, we have our main mission of blowing up this tower. So Ford is is on task. He's like, we got to go blow up the antenna. Everyone else is is like, we got to save the boy. Yeah, Chloe's like, I'm going, whether you guys come with me. And uh, Boyd is like, we got to go save the kid. We could also take the antenna out at the same time. Yeah, Tibbet's like, kill two birds with one stone. Screw it. Yeah, Either so way, get, we're coming back. They get forward on their side. So, yeah, yeah. I, I like that little exchange between all of them basically coming onto the same page. And like, okay, let's do both. So there turns out there's four easy steps to a rescue mission. Step oh, one is there capture a Nazi. Step two, use said Nazi to ride into the outside of the outposts. Step three, blow that Nazi up with his Nazi friends. Step four, snipe the surviving Nazis. And that's oh, exactly yeah. what happens. That is. <laughs> That is step by step. And I think the only thing I want to highlight on that entire list was the use Nazi to blow up friends is they make him, they tie him to his motorcycle. They tape his mouth shut, tape his mouth shut. And he has to ride up to the gate. So he's trying to warn everyone mumbling. And this guy, this is also when there's no subtitles for the Germans and you know what they're saying. He's mumbling like, you hear him going, don't touch the tape. Don't touch yeah, the tape. Don't don't pull this off my mouth. <laughs> and the commanding officer rips the tape off, which pulls the pin out of her grenade that is shoved in this dude's mouth. At the same time, one of the other soldiers pulls this blanket back in the sidecar, and there's explosives, like, lit. Yeah, ready to go they're off. all waiting to go. And this is just body parts and visceral and goo go everywhere. Oh yeah. And the, the blood then, and like <laughs> what flies <laughs> then like after the dust settles, there's like these shots of some of the Nazis missing half of their faces. One dude's eyeball is like almost completely white and hanging yeah. out of his. I'm like, this is glorious. This is the best thing ever. Yeah, this takes like the ending to the dirty dozen. 
but make it rated R. <laughs> oh, 100%. This was this was great. And their other plan was they have, you know, there's only a few guys. So they leave uh, Tibbet and Rosenfield to hold off the Nazis and pick them off. So they're but, sniping, and they got like a light machine gun just yeah, mowing them down as they they're got coming a light out machine of the gun. And the, basically their plan was, don't let them know there's only two of you. So engage <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here, then run around and engage them again. And they're engaging in all these different areas, trying to like keep them occupied while they make their way. Which is where this movie is so brilliant in utilizing its budget of like, hey, we're going to make it feel like this is a giant firefight, but we don't have that yeah. many people. <laughs> no, there's not. They make it feel like there's 50 Nazis, even though there's not any yeah, that many like you on really one don't see screen. Any, but you just see a lot of bodies fly down, like just getting mowed down and falling. This is like, okay, you died. Go go put a different outfit on and come yeah, around yeah. the corner. You wear that okay, other Nazi you're, helmet you're <laughs> and you're going to die again. Go inside now. You're in the next scene. And, uh, Boyce leads everyone through the sewers, which is where he got out. Because he vaguely he remembers where he's going. He kind of. Yeah. Still, and Chloe's I'm with, with him as well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know where I was going. <laughs> no. <laughs> Too much happening. So we get inside the bowels of the church again with our heroes. When they're inside the church, I mean, you're getting everything that you could possibly love in a final act. They're planting explosives. They're doing oh, yeah. stealth kills. Um, they're, you know, taking out whatever remains inside this base. And Chloe's kind of off on her own little side mission. Yeah, where she, she runs. She, she's like, I'm getting my brother. I don't yeah, care like, about that's her main mission. mission. She's like, I don't care about this tower. So she goes there. Ford is like te- telling Boyce, hey, we got to go to wherever you saw the antenna controls. We have to go there. And he also says, we can also take out the lab you talked about with all the bodies, you know, in there still alive. Because now he's fully on board with zombies. He goes, after all what I just watched, that, that shit can't get out. So I'm yeah, with you. No, we, we can't have this uh, out and about. And I also, I love the fact that they still keep things somewhat traditional and realistic. Because now, being the action guy, I, you know, I remember Expendables when they have to blow up the building at the end. They're all running and throwing these sticky C4 yeah. things on the pillars. No, no. These two guys have bricks of explosives that they have to run yellow deck cord everywhere. All over. Like, if any Nazi soldier came in, he'd be like, I think they're up to something. <laughs> I believe there are some explosives here. There might be something a little fishy. Yeah. I don't remember those explosives being on that pillar. I don't remember all this yellow wire. I mean, I know we're Nazis, but I feel like we wouldn't leave our explosives laying around. And I don't remember that ticking stopwatch sticking out of that brick. It's good to know that ticking noise isn't me going crazy. So that, but that it's realistic. That was the type of explosives they would use to, you know, bring down targets i mean it's it's definitely blown up to insane proportions one block of that would have done as much damage as they were showing yeah (laughs) 20 of them doing and they're both doing it it's not one room ford goes to the antenna room and boyce is wiring up the lab so there's like 
50 blocks of explosives <laughs> in a very small care- radius and they've been carrying them in these little satchels that's it's like there's <laughs> way more explosives than what hey, Indiana Jones out. had a satchel oh man but it, I, I did <laughs> like that I was like man they, that really kind of Puts it in the time frame. Let's run this wire. Let's run this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was loving and while this is happening, uh, Chloe is being led by a Nazi to show where her brother is being hide- hidden. And like she opens up like this cell, you could call it. And when oh, she yeah, opens there, it there, up, there's these cells everywhere. she's like, he's not in there. And uh, the Nazi's about to pull his gun on her. And that's when Boyce comes and saves the day and like hits him inside the head. And he's like, run. Like, we got to get going. And when they do, that Nazi gets dragged into the cell. You don't know what oh, it is just yet, part. but he he screams and gets dragged into it. Well, then it turns out that uh, it's one of our scientific creations that has now escaped. And he's got like a bone for an arm because he's missing his hand. Yeah, and he's all gooey and slimy. And oh, he's covered in something. I, I mean, this yeah. dude is sticky looking. This uh, this guy came from beyond. Yeah, and, and he he's is as gooey shaved. as that. He's got no hair on him. And he is fast. This is like 28 days later, zombie fast. Oh, yeah, like World War Z or something like that. Yeah, like this yeah, dude definitely. Is, he's pumping arms and elbows as he's running. But and what I love... She to get three bullets into his skull. Oh, <laughs> yeah, she, still, she head pops him. Yeah. This ain't your normal one-shot This is shot great, like, brains being, like, at the top of his head, like, being thrown around. And like uh, she it, thinks she's going to escape, and nope, he gets right back up and charging full steam ahead. I love this particular actor in this because he has those like herky jerky moments. Like you would kind of expect him to do it with the camera, and they just would kind of yeah, like they know, would just edit it in it. post or something. No, no that's like one of those. What, uh, can, uh, I don't know what they're called. Uh, well, uh, uh, crap. Yeah, now you got me thinking about it. The guy that played like Abe Sapien and Hellboy, yeah, it's Doug know, those, Jones. Like that's his whole thing, like the way he body can contort his body. Yeah, yeah. And this guy's nailing it. And oh yeah, it's it's his forearm, which are two bones, but they're basically coming out like daggers, but yeah. they're still just bone. So he's using that like a weapon, trying it's to like a great stab creature her design. Because like, if, imagine if you were to have a hundred of these guys on your side. It's going to do some damage on the battlefield. This because this, they're fast, they can take bullets. This guy's not going down easy. No. That she barely like gets a lead on him. She goes outside in like this alleyway, and she finds my favorite part of the movie. She finds a flamethrower, and she straps that bad boy on her back, and she freaking Sigourney Weavers this zombie running towards her and she torches that thing obliterates it it's an iconic shot to me because like we'll have to post it in the group when this episode drops of the look of determination on her face and as the flames are shooting out of that flamethrower oh she went she went total badass she is like you know bringing in all of the badass chicks you know from linda hamilton sigourney weaver uh, Mila Jolovich, all these women. She like watched every movie and scene they were all in, and then she filmed this. Yeah, because yep. I wouldn't have messed with her, regardless nope, of the flamethrower. I mean, she just looked mean, and she torches this zombie, which I also love. And you see it later when Boyce is running to get out of the place before it explodes. 
he runs past the dead burnt zombie's body. It's still laying outside. I didn't realize that. I love when they do that. <laughs> I, I, it's like playing video games. You remember when you would kill someone and the body would disappear? Yep. And now we are finally getting ones where it's like, oh, I remember I killed that guy oh, yeah, like that, two that's hours the ago. Whose head I took off. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Uh, did I loot it? Yeah, I looted it. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boyce runs past the burnt zombie in the alleyway, and I'm like, there it is. They left it. I it did love disappear. That. <laughs> I loved it. It's stupid, but I loved it. This is then. We get to the final brawl of the movie. Oh, so good. Which is our super Nazi prick versus Ford. And now super well, tell, Nazi tell prick. Him, tell him why he's super Nazi. We forgot he that He is part. taking the serum twice. He's taken it like twice into like his leg. And it's accepted him almost like Venom. Like it is. Uh, he is yeah, now he, one with it. It so, did mess him up. The doctor said we've never tested it on live tissue. That's going to be my one thing I'm going to call bullshit on. Because you've had to, the first thing you've done was test it on some poor, unfortunate fool. You've had to have tested it because you've been taking people. (laughs) Yeah. The ant earlier was not already dead, or I guess maybe they killed her and put her into it. Maybe Maybe. I got to back that up a little bit. But I am not going to believe a mad Nazi scientist didn't go, hmm, I wonder what this is going to do to a live person. And stuck them. But anyway, he says this is the, we've never tested it. So he puts it into the, he injects it into himself and he hasn't died yet. So no, he turns now, into super Nazi. And he's got some super strength with them. And when him and Ford start flying hands, like, he he kicks the crap out of Ford, and it's just like he puts this him round, up on a meat I'm gonna hook. win this one. And like, yeah, he reversed Texas Chainsaw Massacres him because what happens is instead of that meat hook going into the back, like in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it goes into the front, which looks ten times more brutal Dude. because it's underneath the rib cage. Yeah, you're and you're like, picturing like going through your flesh, and then all your weight is hanging on your rib cage. Yeah, and he is screaming and like. He's trying to pull himself off of it, but you got to think when he's trying to pull himself off of it, he slips and then that hook just digs further into him. So, yeah, it's going to hurt no matter what you do, but because he slipped, he falls on it again. And you, you, you yourself watching this are just like, I can't breathe. Oh, no, I would pass out out and die and not survive World War Two. Uh, once again, Nate has died again in World War II when he got impaled. It's, I'm on, not making it out of this one, guys. It was not even a sharp hook, so that was even worse. It was no, like this hook is. I don't even know the purpose of this hook. It was just there, it was literally for <laughs> lifting things. It's so it's like industrial. So say you had heavy containers, that's what it was used to lift for, like okay. a gantry. So it wasn't, it wasn't meant to hold a human being. No, but they again, they're Nazis. They tested it out. And they're like, I wonder what a human body is going to do on this hook. And that's what they did. And like Boyce comes in to save the day and he gets thrown he gets through some glass. Because <laughs> I still think he's suffering from a concussion. Oh, most likely. <laughs> so much stuff has blown up around him. And then uh, uh, Ford gets himself off, he gets of, himself the off the hook finally. and then he injects himself. He's like, screw it, I'm going to die. Yeah, like he's kind of accepted his fate at this point. 
And after he, like, you know, juices up, then it turns into, like, a tackle brawl between him and Super Prick. Because now they're slamming, like, wall to wall. And when they're slamming into, like, these brick walls, the bricks around them are crumbling. They're falling apart. Yeah, it's like into glass. Yeah. Yeah. They're slamming into medical equipment and everything around them. And I like breaking. I liked how, if you thought about it, why, like, wouldn't they be equal? Well, they're not. Ford took one shot. Evil Nazi took two. Yeah. So technically, he would still be like twice as powerful, I guess. So he still gets the upper hand on Ford. Ford's laying on the ground around all these canisters. He sees Boyce crawl his way back into the room and the Nazis gloating and all this stuff. And Ford just rolls this canister towards the guy and the Nazi and the Nazi looks at it like, really? That's the best you could do. (laughs) And Ford starts laughing and he looks over and he goes, Boyce? And Boyce has his handgun pulled out and shoots this container, blows up the Nazi, yet again blows up near him, fourth concussion in the movie, (laughs) blows this dude into this pit. So now this is a giant pit in the center of the room that it throws his body into. It throws Ford off to the right. Like Boyce gets everyone like gets dispersed. So this is the one point where I have to bring up this part or I'll forget it and I'll leave everyone hanging. So this pit is full of what looks like oil. And it's at the bottom of this church. Well, what we've heard in this movie every so often is they talk about this gold mine that this particular town and this particular church is over top of. And the Nazis have figured out that it's not oil, it's like a toxin. It's like this goo ooze that is, think Ghostbusters 2 with the River of Slime. Yeah, it's it's so, it's gooey. (laughs) Yeah, so basically this stuff has been under this village, unbeknownst to the villagers, probably whoever built the original church with all of the, like, dungeons and tombs, there is a legit church on top. So that's what the Nazis are there for. They found this liquid and they've been testing it on the village to see what it does. And they figured out basically it's zombie juice. Yeah. Like it's such a cool, like you could make like a comic book prequel. You could exploring them, discovering this and realizing what it does. I took more time explaining it to you now than they did in the movie. Yeah, exactly. And it's just not paying attention. You have no if clue. This would have been the, released in the late eighties, early nineties. It would have got a comic book tie-in. Guaranteed. Yeah, this would this would have been like uh, Night of the Living Dead Part Two when they found all the canisters with the green gas. Yeah. In it, if you didn't see the part where the gas got released, you're watching the movie going, "Oh, zombies just come to life." So if you don't know this part about the goo, you're just thinking that the Nazis figured out a way to make zombies. So there's actually a subtext of why they were able to do it, but they kind of breeze past it. It's I wish breezed over real quickly. It's just, uh, you got, if you miss it, you miss, you're not realizing it. If you miss anything, any part where they actually say something about it, you're not paying attention to anything yeah, it's else. It's a blink and you miss up. it moment. It, it really is. 
but that's that's what it is. That's what happened. There's this zombie goo, and they're testing it on everyone. So he gets knocked into the zombie goo. He gets blown up. Boyce gets blown up. Ford comes to and realizes that um, they can't set off the timer. The timer got messed up on the explosives. So he's like, I got to set it off myself. So he yeah, it has locks. to be a manual detonation at yeah. this point. He pushes Boyce out of the room, and they all have gates and everything, obviously. It's a dungeon. And he locks Boyce out. And Boyce is like, no, come on, we can do it. And you know, Ford's like, I'm dead, dude. I'm a zombie. Yeah, I don't like want, I don't, there's I don't no reason going. for me to even be alive at this point. He's literally like, I'm going to finish the mission, period. So he lights this explosive off. Boyce is still yelling at him through the door. The zombie, evil zombie dude comes crawling up out of the well, and like all his flesh is almost gone. His eyeballs are like inside of a skull. He's covered yeah. in goo. These other zombie GIs have been brought back because he wakes them up and they're like all getting ready to like pounce on Ford and the explosives go off and blows everyone to oblivion. And you get including Boyce again, an incredible shot of Boyce running away as everything's exploding. He flies first because he gets knocked by the initial explosion. And by nine concussions, get the 10th one free on his punch card. He sets off the antenna room because that explosion didn't set off the other explosion yet. He goes to the antenna room, gets that one set off, and then has to run away from yet another explosion. But like and the way it's filmed, it's like a, a one-take shot as you see him like discharging the shot. camera. And everything around him is blowing up nonstop, and it looks amazing. It is so cool. Yeah, because uh, he'll like he'll like run one direction, and he'll see the explosion coming towards him, and he t- stops and turns around. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's well done. And again, he runs out a door, and there's crispy not you know uh, crispy zombie laying outside, and he <laughs> runs past it. And like he is charging at that very end, because then like you feel claustrophobic with it as well. Like, oh, man, oh, get out of here. Get out of there because yeah. it's all enclosing on him so quickly. And when he finally makes it outside and you see all the dirt and debris, like, blow it's past that, yeah, him. Yeah, it's that classic It's such shock. a, like, uh, relief. Like, oh, oh yeah. God, I can breathe now. Like, <laughs> like he barely makes it. And this yeah. whole time this is going on, Chloe made it out with her little brother. She obviously yeah, like, saved him and all this stuff. And they're out in a firefight with these Nazis with the other two guys that have been holding everybody at bay by themselves, which is still crazy that they were able to even do that. Like I didn't see them have enough ammo to do what they were doing. (laughs) Not one moment. Does someone pick up an MP 40 either? And like, all right, we're going to start using their weapons against them. He doesn't pick up anyone's other weapons. And we do get a kind of a cool little thing where Tibbet, the kid has latched on to Tibbet throughout this movie. And it's funny because he's like mimicking him and copying him. And the kid comes running out from the castle where he was captured and he gets stuck like in the crossfire and Tibbet's like, Oh Jesus, I got to go out there and save this kid and runs out there to save the kid and obviously gets shot in the process, but is still alive. And they finally, you know, eliminate all the Nazis. The Chloe comes in and basically annihilates all of them with a machine gun. 
yep. clears cleans house and then boyce comes out everyone's like hey we did it yay uh, i yeah, got and shot though <laughs> our uh our savior unit comes by like hey job well done boys like yeah, you so did it <laughs> the invasion happens you know we we it's the turning point of the war as we know in real life that's what you know that that moment was the turning point and this we're, squad's mission is not over yet because they're like hey once you get cleaned up we're sending you back out yeah i was like man that was kind of messed up one dude's in the infirmary they made up like a they've taken over the town made like their hq and their commander officers talking to boyce and he's like war doesn't take a break yeah he's like uh so it's just you and so and so that want that got out he goes yeah his four didn't make it no he goes and then he does this you know what you expect the government to say he was like i'm hearing rumors that there was something going on inside that church other than the antenna can you confirm that and boyce is just like nope just an antenna and it was just the control room underneath and he goes so there's nothing for us to go dig through the rubble and take a look he goes nope and turns around and walks yep. away because <laughs> you know like the way he talks about it, he's like oh you know you guys kind of went over below overboard on what you blew up kind of unnecessary <laughs> like, yeah so, i did like how boys down there because i did like that the, they were making it out like all you guys had to do was take out an antenna. And so Boyce had to explain to him that, well, sir, it was really well fortified. Yeah. <laughs> and we realized in our diminished numbers, we were not going to be able to do a frontal assault. So we figured out a way to take it out from below. So, you know, the commanding officer's like, oh, cool. Great job. And yeah, he literally awesome. says that. He's like, great job. I wish Ford was here. So I could commend him on that, but he knows he's dead. And the cool part was, is one of the things Ford tells Boyce before everything ends, he's like, neither side should have what's down. You know, even Ford. Yeah, no, like, neither side this needs is this uh, bad juju creation from hell. So that that's kind of emphasizes his his uh, sacrifice was he's like i gotta take it down because nobody needs to know about it. yeah because if not like if the movie would have done that it's like well you killed ford for literally no reason right you killed ford you know? only to let boys get out that was yeah. really it because the antennas still come down and all that but That's seriously well yeah seriously <laughs> well done movie i i will like i said i was hooked from the beginning it's it's a insane roller coaster ride when you're on the plane down to when they paratroop down into as they're trying to navigate through enemy lines, even when they're holed up, like Nate was talking about, there's this very claustrophobic feel in the movie at times. And while the, the attic is fairly big, obviously for filming, it still felt very claustrophobic. Yeah, Cause they're just stuck up there and like, yeah, there's, you can't you go can't outside. Yeah. You can't do anything. And then this movie just cranks it. And I'm going to say back up to 11 because the beginning of this movie is an 11. So the end of the movie, it's like it goes 11. Let's drop you back down to about a seven and a half, eight. Nope, back up to 11. Yep. And to me, like this movie made the right call being a war movie first, horror movie second. 100 sequel that we'll never get, but should, needs to flip the script. It needs to be horror movie first 
war movie second in my opinion because there's a lot yeah. of potential here that has been untapped um it just kind of leaves you just like oh what other monsters could they have made what other creatures are there stuff like that because if, and, you, if you really start thinking about it you would be like there's no way they kept everything in one location oh yeah they definitely had to have been transporting this to a neighboring well, they village were, they were trucking dead bodies out they had yeah they and this was again they do this movie well enough to where you're reminded of the horrors of this war so there's a there's actually a scene in this movie we didn't talk about but i feel like it we should shine a little bit of a light on it, how well they did it tactfully so there's a scene where they're leading all of the villagers out of the the dungeons the tunnel at the bottom and they line them all up and torch them with a flamethrower. Yeah. Well, what you're watching is they are destroying the infected, the inferior test subjects. Yeah, the ones that didn't do what they wanted to be. Right. Um, but if if you're watching this movie of, oh crap, I'm watching a World War II movie about Nazis, you just watched what they were doing to normal people. It's funny because Hannah had mentioned that last night when they were like, oh, like, I feel bad saying they torched those experiments because that that's an actual human being. Th those were victims. Yeah. And, and, you no, know, you're, you're, you're supposed to like, mention them was... as experiments. It's like, oh, wait, no, no, this is a this is a very real thing. Yeah. And they even there. It shows Boyce watching it and the emotion he's feeling like he wants to do something, but he knows if he does, he's going to get killed. So he's witnessing these horrors and it's, they do it in a horror movie about zombies, yet you're still subtly reminded about the atrocities that they had done in real life. Yeah. And, and I like, I, I, not that I liked that they did it. I liked how they approached that subject matter of villagers or Jews or whatever. The, everything the Nazis were, were pure evil. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And it, I mean, I could see like, let's say you never watched the trailer of this movie. You didn't know anything about it and you popped it in. You're going to think you're in for a war movie. And then it oh, flips yeah. the script on you. And you're like, whoa, what did I get myself into? I have no idea what that experiment experience would be like because I already knew what the movie was about going in. That but was that's where that would be a very jarring thing to have. <laughs> And this is, I know we've talked about it before, and I will beat this drum till the end of time, is this is where I feel like trailers ruin certain things. I will say, though, this movie's trailer does it really well. Where no, this doesn't uh, trailer does away. a really good job of keeping its cards close to its chest. Right. But I feel ultimately that's what hurt the movie. People didn't really know this was a zombie horror movie. Not unless you were someone like me who knew, hey, this is coming out. I know this is going to be a Nazi zombie movie. This is going to be right up my alley. Like, But I had to seek that out. Like, That's just something to me being on the internet. You exactly. Know? So me, I knew a movie called Overlord came out. I knew J.J. Abrams was involved. And I'm like, I may check that out later. And it totally went by. I mean, it's 2018. And I, w I just watched it in 2021. So that's how long it took me to actually sit down and watch this movie. But I would have loved 
love to have watched this movie with no prior knowledge about it. You know, it's like I said, when I had Dan and my dad watch Nobody for the first time. And I'm like, here is a DVD. I'm not telling you shit about it. Stick the movie in and watch it. Because that is the purest, the purest I can give you this, this experience yeah. of this movie. Dad's like, I'm glad you did that. He goes, I was not expecting what happened. Dan was like, I'm, I am glad you did that. He goes, I had a, I had an idea because I kind of remembered the, tr- you know, the movie, the trailer that was like a year before that came out, and but he was still like, I was not prepared for what I watched, and it was glorious. And I'm, like, I remember that trailer. I turned off because it was just one of those trailers. Like as I was watching it, I was like, Nope, I don't want to know anymore. The first like thirty seconds or whatever, forty five seconds sold me enough. So I was like, if yeah. I watch any more, I'm gonna see all the good kills, and I need to avoid that. I have yeah. to. No, I agree, and I'm I'm guilty of ooh the new trailer for was it Ghostbusters Afterlife? The final trailer just came out the other day, and yep, I watched it. You know, and I, it's... I've avoided it. Um, I I've been avoiding those trailers up until I think it was Venom when we went and saw it. They showed trailers like, well, shit, I got to watch this now. Because I'm sitting there. I'm stuck. (laughs) That was the other thing. Yeah, sometimes you're sitting in the theater and you you can't skip it. You can't, like, I'm not going to click play on YouTube. Nope. Like, I haven't watched the uh, trailer to the new Scream movie yet. I'm going to try to make it till January. It's going to be hard, but I'm trying to avoid it because I don't want anything spoiled for me. I kind of like when movies like what Marvel did with Infinity War, where it's like they gave us a trailer, but they included fake scenes so well, then we didn't they know. had that and then we were just talking in our our group chat with you know us and the boys uh spider-man no way home's getting ready to drop a trailer and there are so many supposed leaks and possibilities well, every day is a of, new leak and i'm over it just I, I, release I am the over damn it. movie I'm tired of it's like look we all have this pretty good idea who and what is in it we just need you to say yes or no because I'm kind of getting over it real yeah. fast. Yep. And it's just like, and I'm not saying I'm not going to watch the movie. Nothing half away. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not going to watch the movie. Oh, no. I'm going to go I'm see just that saying, man, weekend. I'm getting a little <laughs> bit of like Spider Man fatigue right now. Well, but. the same thing happened, though, of Endgame, where it was like Hulk Smasher 69 had a new fan theory every day yeah. of how they were going to time travel. It's like, oh, my God. Just let this movie come out already. They did it with all the Star Wars movies. You know, speaking yep. of, we're, we're talking about a J.J. Abrams movie, and, you know, all that kind of got screwed up on that, you know. But, all right, well, we've digressed far enough. Uh, let us jump into, you want to do Raining Blood? Let's do Raining Blood. Let's do Raining Blood. So this one, this one's a little nervous about trying to find the body count on because I was like, man, trying to find like who actually counted like the exploding planes. Yeah. How many people were on there? And obviously we're not counting anything that was not like on screen. And I feel Um, like we got some dead deads in here, too. You know, there. I think 
So what I did was I found a YouTube video of someone that went through and they had the little counter in the corner. And every time a kill would happen, the counter went off. Well, every time a plane blew up, it would jump up by like 16. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. They probably okay, yeah, looked that's probably up. how much a unit is in per plane or something. So I was like, yeah, pilot, co-pilot, uh, you know, all that stuff. So he probably added all that up. I was like, I- I'll-, I'll believe that. And then as everyone, you know, people, someone got shot, someone got killed, all this would happen. And because we probably didn't see every GI that died initially, they were already zombies by the end of the movie. They did only get counted as one, but I guess we'll, they are dead. So they were counted as they died in the movie. So this guy came up with a hundred and he went through every action scene with the counter and I watched the whole video and I'm like, that's, it looks accurate to me. It didn't look like he missed any like scene that had shooting or anything happening. So there was a hundred dead bodies in this movie. All right, then what's nice. We'll, even we'll, number. We'll put the asterisks up of there were possibly dead deads. And then the countless others that died because it was world war two. Yes. Yes. So, that is there. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about this movie before we rate it? I mean, um, we've kind of walked through it as we talk. No, not really. I mean, we kind of already talked about like this, the horror war genre is a little hard to tackle because of horror being war. I do yeah. want us at some point to cover Dead Snow 2 because Dead Snow 2 is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I, I'd be interested in doing that one. And I know we have... We talked about it a little bit at the beginning. Um, this this movie was done heavily with practical effects by choice. Um, we were we were expecting there to be like this special effects house that was involved in it. You yeah, know, we like, thought there'd be like a studio involved. Yeah, just um, one thing you click on. But what we found in both of our uh, research was it's like they cherry picked all these guys from all these different companies. And they all came together on this one. And my guess is, oh, I get to do a movie with J.J. Abrams that's under the Bad Robot banner. I'm in. Yeah, sign Where me do up. I sign up? Yeah, because this will be good on the resume for the next project. So this this so been. we we are going to start highlighting those special effects people. With, without them, we wouldn't have these movies. Um, and I will mention that the the VFX, the visuals predominantly was done by ILM industrial light and magic, you know, Disney, Lucas, all that stuff. Uh, but there were others that were involved as well. It wasn't just them. There was a laundry list of people involved, but, uh, yeah, to I, me, it I, feels like these guys had an opportunity to work with JJ jumped on it because it wasn't like their studio was involved. It was just, no, here's a hired gun. Here's another hired gun. I um, think so. These guys did great work and I really do hope that we get to see more, from them it was just kind of hard to like narrow it down to who was yeah, in charge we, of all this we couldn't just say this guy this guy this guy and it, yeah, was it wasn't also... like oh joe smith did this this and this and he used to work on these movies like it wasn't quite like this with this movie which is very strange <laughs> it is <laughs> Not expected. but i, I kind of like this type of this is an independent movie without being restricted by the independent budgets or anything yeah, because this was, of who was producing it. Like, yeah, JJ if, if Abrams, didn't have JJ, then that budget would be cut in half instantly. Yeah, so JJ was able to get the funding, but he also got a relatively unknown director with relatively uh, unknown actors. Because even 
This is the first thing I re- recognize Wyatt Russell in. I think he, he was only in a handful of things before this. And again, this movie probably got him U.S. agent. Not to mention he sticks himself with a serum in this movie and sticks himself with a serum in uh, <laughs> Winter Soldier and Falcon. I, I didn't miss that irony of it. And he get, kind of plays the similar character type, you know, military. I have a job to do. This is what I'm yeah. supposed to do. Totally feel like this got him the job. But yeah, that, that's really all I wanted to shine a light on was that this is kind of like an independent movie without an independent movie. But that's a really man. good point. Yeah. Uh, let's do uh, let's do our machetes. Yeah. Guys, it's OK. He just wanted his machete back. Woo! Well, Nate, I think I went first last time, so I'm going to let you lead off since you picked this movie. All right, so I had to do some math on this one. (laughs) (laughs) So I broke it up into two categories. I was like, I'll do horror and I'll do action because that's what this covers. And on the action scale, I gave it a 9 out of 10. On the horror scale, I'd give it a 6 out of 10. When I combine those together and do the math and the dividing and the the carry of the numbers, it's a a 7.5 out of 10 for me. I've um, done that math for you pretty quick. There. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. But you know, I had to bust out the whiteboard, the notes. I had so, to get lost. Had to figure I, out where the moon was on the certain angle of the night. I, I listened to a podcast. Uh, these guys out of Canada called Action Action Podcast, and uh, they've shared our stuff. We're, we're we're buddies on Instagram and stuff. Uh, but they have their big list of action movies that they're doing. Well, their ratings get down into the decimal point. Oh, like geez. it could be like a <laughs> 6.19 or a 7.25. And if it ties with another movie that ends up with that score based on how they all score it, they then go, okay, is it better than this one? Or does oh, it deserve no. to be See, below? That the whole rating out the door. Dude, these guys, they're braver than I am. So big shout out to Action Action Podcast guy. If you guys are listening, I love everything you do about that. But I'm never doing that. We're stopping at halves. Halves are easy. It took Dan forever to twist my arm to get to 10. So it's 10 and then halves. (laughs) But I feel like solid seven and a half for this one. It it is a fantastic movie. So. I didn't go into as much math and debate as you did. I went, loved the beginning, middle made sense. I needed to care about the characters, and you ramped it up to an insane level at the end of the movie. Uh, I gave it an eight. I will only ding it on they did so well with the last part of the act. I wanted more. Yeah, it, I wanted it's a good more thing. zombies. I wanted more body parts flying, but I wanted more like a, goo. Yeah, I did One appreciate what I was get. What I was again, the Nate's coin phrase: "It's quality over quantity." It was and this movie, although it does have an action movie body count. This is still a horror movie at its soul, and, um, and very well done. Super recommend it. I think you can probably get it on 
It's on Paramount Plus right now. Is it Paramount Plus? Obviously yeah, it's streaming on there. If not, rent you can it off rent of it Amazon. Anything else for like two, three bucks. I bought the Blu-ray, like I said, almost a year ago. I just happened to have the the special features were really good too. It gets a little. Yeah, bit I'm a little confused. I bought the digital copy, and it's like, here's your special features. Hey, you can't watch these. I was like, but <laughs> I own oh, them. That's, that's wrong. Yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, it, sometimes I'll get like those multi-packs and it's like the DVD, the Blu-ray and all this stuff. Like either the DVD will have the special effects or the special features or the Blu-ray does. It's never on both discs. No, it never is. And I, it almost never is on the digital copy that I send either you or Dan. Like I send yeah. you the horror ones and Dan gets the action ones because um, it's like, you know, hey, I'm it makes sense. Three movies. We're going to cover it. <laughs> I, I love buying the Blu-ray DVD digital because i get the blu-ray i give my dad the dvd because he hasn't upgraded yet and then i send either of you the digital so i'm like that's three for one savings yeah, right there. it works Come out on. pretty well especially when you host a podcast it just works out good i do what we gotta do the bottom line because all this comes out of our pocket but it's <laughs> yeah. fine. all right man uh i think we have done this movie justice we've done our due diligence um i hope everyone you guys needs check to watch this yeah yeah watch it tell us about it talk about it we'll share some excerpts from this once the episode drops um yeah just a really really good time um and i'm just now realizing we've left out our uh our mascot so for every bloody scene in this movie bloody marvelous thank you benny i don't know why i keep forgetting about him so uh nate we still got the we still got the word. What's the good word? Groovy. Hail to the king, baby. <laughs>